This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Hey, welcome to the weekend, everybody. Here's what's going on in the NHL early in the second period. Ducks and Maple Leafs tied 1-1. Buffalo up 1-0 on the New York Rangers after the first. No goals to report between Detroit and Columbus starting in about half an hour. It's Minnesota taking on Dallas. Oil Kings home tonight to Red Deer. 7 o'clock start at Rogers Place. The Oil Kings clinch a playoff spot with a win and a Regina loss to Swift Current. The Oil Kings will be in the playoffs, just a matter of whether they clinch tonight or in a couple of days. NBA tonight, the Raptors have won 12 straight. They're 37-14 and 14 on the season. They're about to tip off in Indiana. We'll keep you updated on that game. And my goodness, I'm going to give this a mention. The XFL season starts tomorrow with the Seattle Dragons visiting the D.C. Defenders and the Los Angeles Wildcats up against the Houston Roughnecks. Do I have a prediction for those games? No, ladies and gentlemen. No, I do not. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 6.07. My name is Reed Wilkins. This is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 6.30 Ched. The Oilers will play tomorrow against the Nashville Predators. It's on this station with the face-off show at 3.30, and the action will start at 5. The Oilers have lost two straight. Didn't look very good in either game. 2-0 to Arizona on Tuesday, 6-3 to San Jose last night. The Oilers only on one occasion this season have they lost three games in a row. And they have not lost three games in a row in regulation time all season long. Their previous streak uh, did include a loss where they were tied after 60 minutes. So they have not lost three straight in regulation time all year. They practiced today at noon at Rogers Place. As practice was winding down, Dave Tippett called the players together near center ice. He stood and addressed them. And I could not hear everything Tippett was saying, but he wasn't happy because I heard the word brutal a couple of times. Uh, I heard something about playing five on five. I heard something about not getting enough pucks to the net. Tippett was clearly unhappy with some of the things he's been seeing in practices as in games and as his rant wound down. Now, there was a collection of maybe 15 pucks gathered near his feet. And uh, he took a very angry kick at those pucks and skated a path between the group of players and went and stood along the boards while they did uh, broke up into some smaller groups and worked with assistant coaches and did some individual skills. So that's the, uh, that's the uh, I guess, angriest I've seen Tippett in a practice uh, now i'm not at the practice on the road you can't always hear everything that's being said to the players from where we're sitting but uh, obviously unhappy and there were there were some words being used to punctuate his message that i would uh, not be able to use on the radio so that was uh, definitely noteworthy from practice today and of course uh, afterwards he was asked about what uh, what he was saying there don't turn the puck over our own end probably not as nice as that but it was around kind of that theme all right well, that's uh, 
Yeah. Uh, maybe not as nice as that as around that theme. So Tippett kind of gave a, a short answer to being asked about his uh, his outburst. But he, he did get a little more explanatory as his media availability went on today. He hasn't been happy with the way the Oilers have looked for a while. Last night, two nights before practice, probably about since the Calgary game. Just reinforcing that we got to get back to that level. Well, the Oilers had looked pretty good through, well, ever since, what, New Year's Eve? Put together a good little run, only a couple of losses in uh, in regulation time. And, and I think full marks for those victories. I mean, yeah, you know, goaltending and special teams have been key for the Oilers, but those are often strengths for any good team. I mean, oftentimes the 16 best goaltenders are the goalies on the 16 teams that make the playoffs. Usually the playoff teams have... A, one of at least a really good penalty kill or or power play for the Oilers. They've both been pretty good. The power play has been number one in the league. So I, I think full marks to the Oilers for the run they had where they went 8-2-2. Two, and two. I, w- I wouldn't look at a lot of those games and say they stole games. I think they, they earned most of those victories. Maybe not perfect uh, by any means, but I, I think they earned a lot of those victories. Arizona, uh, you know, full marks to Arizona. I, I think you got to figure it out. If a team is defending and checking you, you got to figure out a way to make it work and, and maybe not uh, try as many individual plays as some Oilers tried that night. But okay, you lost You lost 3 nothing. I think I said 2 nothing. The empty netters do count. It was 3 nothing. Um, and then last night, an explosive start against the Sharks and then a self-destruct by the Oilers. Just a, a pretty poor game. No sustained attack weren't checking well, weren't completing a lot of passes. I I think you saw some frustration creep into the Oilers' games. And to me, that's been a trait uh, of this team over the last couple of years, that when when things aren't going, they they try to be a little too individual, and certainly they have a couple of high-end offensive players who can do things individually, but maybe they get a little too reliant Uh, on themselves in those situations and I think their intentions are good because they can make plays individually but when they're not working I I think it just increases the frustration level that certainly set in last night against San Jose the line of dry settle Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto really the first bad game that they've had as a line The, the first game where well they weren't noticeable offensively and they were noticeable in their own end only because of how poor they were checking so they had an off night they are better than that they can play better than that they will play better than that but it needs to happen pretty quickly here because you don't want the losses to mount when you're in this tight of a playoff race Uh, dave tippett was asked you know does he feel the team is is getting the message are they hearing what you're saying coach there's so many factors that go into a game that that you come away with there's some that some that are easy, correctable, other ones that are ones that you just, it's frustrating a little bit because there's, you think you're in a good spot to get things done and it doesn't carry through. And then there's there's games where you feel like your team plays well and, and maybe your goaltender wasn't very good last night or your, your penalty killing was soft. And so every game is, is a different, different kind of mentality. But uh, there's games where, there's games when you really, when you're not close to that standard I was talking about, those are the ones that you want to you want to address. Is well, I think that's a fair way to put it. Last night was a game where the Oilers were not close to their standard. I think that we, as observers of the sport, and certainly Tippett as a coach, understands there might be nights 
where you play pretty well and you take care of a lot of the details and the other team makes just one more play or gets that bounce and you got to settle for a point or sometimes you don't get any points out of it. Last night wasn't the case. I mean, the Oilers got smoked after they had that 2 nothing lead. So now, all right, you try to bury these two and you try to avoid a long losing streak because here's the situation. The Oilers are right in the thick of it. And in the grand scheme of things, if you look at the mathematical probabilities, if you got a little bit of that uh, math thing in your head, if you're a little bit of an Einstein, the, the probabilities of them making the postseason is still pretty good, still up around 80% if you go to sportsclubstats.com. But they cannot survive an extended poor streak like they had in December where they had that 15 games where they went 4-10-1. and one. Hey, you know what? They could survive a 15-game stretch where maybe you go 7-7-1 seven, seven and one, or 6-6-3 six, six and three or something like that. That is survivable. But, you know, a, a stretch of 15 games where maybe you're only getting 8, 9, or 10 points, that could probably be a, a death blow to knock them out of a playoff spot. We said that in November. We said it in October. We said it in November. We said it in December. It's it's always the time. It's, this time isn't different from any other time. It's always the time when you lose two, got to get back. So we recognize the urgency of it. But it's, it's I understand what you're saying, you know, playoff race and everything, but... We look at that like when we had the losing streak in December, we were saying this every day too. You can't lose two in a row. Right? So we're saying the same things now, but there's some things. The, the one thing, and I think I mentioned it after the Calgary game, is there's games that you play that you set a standard for your team. And, you know, we had some games there, St. Louis, Calgary, They set you set standards. You set new heights for your team. So those are standards you got to try to get to every night. And when you don't get to those standards then it's frustrating, right? And especially when you're not winning games. There's nights where you're not at those standards and you, you still find a way to win. We didn't we didn't win the last two games, so to get back to that standard we were at, that's what we think will make us the most successful. So that's where we got to get to today. So there's a little bit of... We haven't practiced much uh, in the last week. We had a good practice today. Hopefully we can get back closer to that standard that we want to be at to get ourselves back on the winning track. I like how he puts that, that you have that you have some games where you feel like you set a standard for your team. And, and I think that's why the last couple of games are so frustrating is because we have seen the Oilers play better. I mean, this, this, this isn't poor Oilers teams in the past. I mean, they're already at 28 teams, 28 wins this season. I, I've covered teams that won 28 or fewer games over the whole year. They're, they're already at 28 wins. You know they can play better. You know they can rise to the occasion. You know they can take care of details better. I will say this. I do not think the Oilers are a great team. I do not think they're a, a high-end Stanley Cup contender. Now, if you make the playoffs, everybody's got a shot, but they still wouldn't be a favorite. Before the season, I thought the Oilers would probably miss the playoffs by four to six points. They're doing better than that. Are they capable of doing much better than that? Probably not, but are they capable of playing better than they did the last couple of games? Absolutely. So they have not. They have achieved a very high standard on some occasions. And even in some games they've lost, they've achieved a pretty good standard. They haven't been able to do it consistently. Part of that is probably the talent on the roster. It's a good roster. It's a better roster than last year. It's not a great roster. But I do think there's something here that, that comes down to concentration and comes down to attention to detail and comes down to understanding 
how to get something out of a game when it's not going exactly the way you want it. And they've been able to do it sometimes this year, and, and full marks for that. You know, you look at the game last Friday against St. Louis, dominant start, weren't, you know, weren't the better team for the next 25 minutes, able to respond, win the game. But last night, once San Jose is taking control of the game and once Arizona is doing what Arizona was doing on Tuesday, do the Oilers have the experience and the, I guess, maturity? And I'm not just saying they're an immature team, but you can always grow and and get better and figure things out. They aren't at that point where they're like a really good figure-it-out team. I think they've shown glimpses but I don't think they've shown us that night after night they can get into any type of a game and figure out a way to get something out of it. And Rob and I talked about it on Overtime Open Line last night. Okay, you know what? You're, you're not being able to connect on three or four consecutive passes. You're not being able to beat San Jose's top four defensemen at the blue line. You know, McDavid burned the, 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 the bottom pairing a couple of times, so they didn't play as much after that. So now you're up against better defensemen. So how do you figure it out? Well, I think for the Oilers, you know, you got to commit to shooting the puck in and forechecking. You, and then one thing Tippett emphasizes at practice, not just today but other times, get the puck to the top of the circles and take a shot. Take a shot on net. Don't try to pass it three or four times. Get it across the blue line. Get it to the top of the circles and take a shot on net and try to create a rebound or some chaos down low. And I think the Oilers know that that's what they're supposed to do. They know that's what their coach wants them to do. And they just have not been able to consistently commit to that when they need to find their way to get back into the game. I don't think it's panic time. I don't think this is a bad hockey team. I think they're going to stay in it. But I think they have to do address some of these things and start doing them more consistently, especially when the game's not going their way. Your thoughts are welcome. 780-496-0063. That's the number to both call and text. We'll hear from Dreisaitl. We'll hear from Cassie and Drew Remenda is going to be on between 6.30 and 7, all coming up on Inside Sports. says the Oilers are still a very immature team. They have some seasoned players, but they do not know how to play maturely as a team. They're not in each other's heads enough. They don't know how to read what other teams are doing entirely. Uh, Trent says patience, poise, and game management will come in time. However, as soon as the Oilers abandon the team mentality for me, they are done in a game, and I normally turn the channel. I think that's a uh, fair comment for Trent. And I do think they're getting like I'm not. I'm not writing off this team. I'm not throwing them under the bus. I, I think there's been some good development this year. I just think, you know, we're talking about now trying to get from good to great. I don't know if they're going to get there this year. I mean, I don't. I don't know if they have the roster to do it, even if they even if they play all out. Uh. This texture says the Oilers have an extreme mix of skilled and non-skilled players. The idea of just putting pucks on net applies a bit more when you are talking about the less skilled guys. The best player in the world isn't well served by putting pucks on net from 30 feet out. All right. Get a couple calls in here quickly before we break for the news. Rick, go ahead. 
Yeah, I'm a hockey I'm a hockey fan, but I'm disenchanted with the game itself. Not so much just the Oilers, but every every team in particular. They're over systems. They they over they overplay systems and your individual skill can come can come to be. Could you imagine Connor McDavid? Just imagine Connor McDavid if he shot the puck half as much as Ovechkin or even a quarter as much as Wayne Gretzky did. I mean these players are great players, but you know what? Such a boring game today. Uh, Connor McDavid is a great hockey player, but he falls far short from not being selfish enough that the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club would have so many more goals, would be in a better position. I'm not trying to blame him, but you know what? Could you imagine a power play? Can you imagine a power play throughout the whole NHL that doesn't get a shot on net? I mean, when you talk about shooting the puck, we were taught with, uh, from from uh, mini mites all the way to juvenile hockey back when I played, which is many years ago. That puck lands on your stick in the slot. That puck better be going to the net. And we see again and again where that puck is circled to the outside until someone decides or someone thinks or... I don't know. They're going to get the puck to the net. You know what? This is just bad hockey, but it's the whole NHL. The game itself is boring. It's all get out. Thanks all right. Well, Rick, I'm glad you, you don't find this show boring. Thanks for calling. Or maybe you do, but thanks for calling. <laughs> okay. That is, uh, that is uh, Gary. Gary, I got about a minute for you here, buddy. Fire away. Hey, uh, Reed. i just wondering, with that big fight uh, against Calgary there yep. and uh, Talbot, if you watch him, when he first starts to fight against Gagne, when Gagne's uh, beside the net there, he's wailing on him with his blocker. And I played hockey, and that would be an offense big time. And uh, I thought it would be suspension and stuff like that. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on that. Uh, I, I know that somebody, a couple listeners, sent me images of the rule book on Twitter on Saturday that that hitting a player with a blocker is is by the by the letter of the law supposed to be a match penalty. I'm yeah. just I'm just guessing that given er- everything else that was going on in that situation, they just decided to af- enforce the the fight and and the leaving the crease. I, I haven't heard mu- much else about it besides but- that, Gary. I'm sorry. Okay, but with the with the league, why wouldn't the league step in afterwards? There is uh, reviews and all this kind of stuff, and why wouldn't there be suspensions from the league? Well, I can only I can only guess, Gary. I'm guessing they didn't think it was egregious enough. That's the only thing I could I could guess. <laughs> Sorry, I don't buddy. know how much I don't know how much more egregious it's got to get. But he was wailing pretty good with that uh, with that blocker against Gagne, especially. Okay, see you, Gary. All right. Bye. All right, I'll get to Brian quickly uh, after the news break. Brian, if you want to hang on for about four minutes, Drew Remenda is coming up as well. Appreciate the calls and the texts. Keep them coming.
Matthews has his 40th. The Maple Leafs lead the Ducks 3-1 late in the second period. Also late in the second, Buffalo, a lot of frustration there. You may have seen the Reinhardt-Harrington exchange on social media last night. Sabres up 2-0 on the Rangers late second period. And uh, also in the second, Columbus leading Detroit 1-0. The shots are 25-8 for the Blue Jackets. Mini and Dallas about to get underway. Oil Kings taking on Red Deer tonight at Rogers Place. Oil Kings having an awesome season. 7 o'clock face-off. We'll keep you updated on that one. And the Raptors in Indiana are tied 23-23 with 2.18 left in the first quarter. The Raptors have won 12 in a row. JT texts in. Uh, we had a caller before the news saying that he thought Talbot uh, should have got suspended for hitting Gagne with his blocker. JT says getting tossed and beat up was more than enough to discourage Talbot from ever doing that again. Not adding a match penalty in a suspension shows that the league does have some discretion. Ernesto says, Reed, uh, it's not time to panic. Had a day to cool down after last night's game, though I was pretty enraged by that crappy performance. Got a look at the bigger picture, still concerning and disappointing. Better to get the losing streak out of the way now rather than later. Well, they got to stop it at two. Uh, I mean, it's a saying used in baseball a lot. You got to have more three-game winning streaks than three-game losing streaks, and I think that fits into hockey as well. We're going to get to Drew Armenda here in about uh, 90 seconds, but Brian was patiently holding through the news because he wanted to get a thought on the air here. Go ahead, Brian. Hi. Um, I just think that I'm tired of seeing these uh, stinker games and not the big boys not saying on the bench, okay, boys, get behind me, let's go and uh, take control of a game and win a game for us. Uh, it just doesn't happen as like it used to. And uh, if they don't win these games on nights when the competition is losing, we're not going to make the playoffs, which is going to be unfortunate because it's been a good season. Sorry, when you say the big boys, do you mean the stars or do you mean the heavy players got to grind it out? Well, I think the, the, the grinders have to go and pound some bodies, but at the same time, McDavid and Drysaddle and Nuge, they have to, one of them has to stand up on the bench and say, hey, we're not losing this game, let's go. Yeah, and I don't, I don't see that kind of leadership going on right now. Well, yeah, none of none of those guys are, are overly vocal. Um, I mean, Leon and, and Nuge had that whole line had an off night. Yamamoto, you evaluate a little uh, a, a little differently, but yeah, I mean, the, the, and it doesn't have to be all the time, but it needs to be, you know, on the, one of those nights where you're just going, okay, we got our two points. McDavid said in his interview that he could feel that it wasn't necessarily their night and he needs to step up and say okay boys i'm going to take us there you need to pull the pull the horses too let's go yeah well and again i think the way to do that is i mean yeah like you know rob always says it when he played in the nhl there were nights he knew he didn't have the same energy level so what did you do to create it and often it was simplifying the game and i think when the oilers get frustrated they complicate the game Right, and that I know of Leon specifically. That's why people get frustrated because he's trying to beat three guys, and and loses the puck as opposed to maybe chipping it behind the defense and letting a line mate chase it. So I understand but, what you're saying, uh, Brian. Halfway through that second period, it seemed like he's like, okay, well, I'm just going to coast now. This one's over. Yeah, I don't know if he was coasting. I don't know if players in the NHL give up, but I think he definitely got frustrated. And I, and I can get that because they were they were getting pushed around and and like those nights where Cassian goes and blows somebody up in the first period, 
those are nights when we have good nights. So where are those guys? Show, why, why aren't they showing up? Why isn't Kara getting out there? And, I mean, the guy, he's on the verge of being out as far as I'm concerned, and, he, and he's not showing up. Well, it's been a tough year for Kara for sure. That's a whole other can of worms. Brian, thanks for calling in, man. Drive safe wherever you're headed, okay? Thank you. All right, that is Brian, 7804960063. Yeah, interesting interesting discussion and obviously frustrating when you, you see such a significant drop off like you did last night. This this wasn't uh, you know, a 3-2 loss where they had five grade A scoring opportunities that, that they couldn't cash in. This was a game San Jose really dominated for the final 54 minutes. My buddy Drew Remenda from Sportsnet is on the line. Drew, thanks for coming on tonight, man. Are you telling me that throughout their career with the Edmonton Oilers Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl have not done that on more than several occasions. Pick the team up off their back and led them to victory? Or is, is that what your last caller was saying? Because then we're not watching the same game. Uh, I, no, I don't think that's exactly what he was saying. I, I think he was requesting uh, some, some vocal leadership. I don't think he was questioning other good nights they've well, had. A, in lot the of good, a lot of good a lot of good vocal leadership does. Like, honestly, if you're, if you're quiet and you get the job done, then go ahead and do it. You've got to be who you are. You've got to know who you are in the NHL. Connor's not vocal. And all the talk and, 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 and Leon isn't vocal. Darnell's vocal. There's a couple of guys who are vocal. He, Smith has got some juice. Yeah. Neil's got some juice. All the talking in the world isn't going to do a damn thing for you unless you execute. And everybody has to execute as a team. You, you're right when they when you said they complicated. They we actually their biggest problem, and you heard Dave Tippett talk about it today. The fact that when they and Louis DeBrus did a great job talking about it last night. The fact that when they are playing like they did last night, which is not moving their feet, standing still, and waiting for somebody to get open for the 30 foot pass when the 10 foot or 5 foot pass is there. If you just move your feet, that's when they get into problems. Mm-hmm. But being vocal, you are who you are. And Connor and Leon both prefer to to show what they do and, and put their put their actions into words. So, well, I, if, I, I disagree with the fact that they 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 haven't been able to carry a team to victory when some nights that team wasn't behind them. Well, right, and I, and I I think look, I, I think Brian understands that they're the two leading scorers in the league, so obviously they contribute. I, I'm going to frame it this way, and I don't want to put words in in Brian's mouth, but I, I am I am going to. I am going to put this back on you, Drew, though, and we're kind of going down a different hallway than I thought we would be, but that's okay. The Oilers, going back to even Dallas Aikens as a head coach, and I know he's not a very popular guy here in Edmonton, but... He's actually, you know what, Reed, I love the guy. We get along, I've kept in contact with Dallas. I get along with him really well. Um... I think the world of the guy. Well, I'm, anyway, saying, I'm saying his one loss record obviously didn't endear him with the fans, though there were other issues. Anyway, uh, you know, but McClellan said it at times. I think even Hitch might have brought it up that the Oilers have not been a, a, an overly vocal team. They have been, they have no, been a quiet team. So that that's fine if that's Leon and Connor's personality, but I think that's why sometimes you have to find the Smiths and the Neils of the world and that maybe... And look, Connor and Leon are not the problem with the team, but as as you mature as as a team and as a professional, you might you might have to realize sometimes you have to stand up and say something. And I'm not saying this this is by far the number one problem from the team, but but sometimes you have to do something that is outside of how you would usually act 
to fire up your coworkers. I I do I, believe that. I will take I will take Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl playing like they play, doing what they do on the ice more nights than not, than them doing less or being less productive and being vocal. Oh, for sure. That's that. That's okay. Well, then, well, then yes, that's the trade off, Reed. That's the trade off. That's those are the guys you got, and they're going to play a certain way and act a certain way. So the trade off is they're not going to be vocal. So even if they mature, I'd still rather have them put the points up and get the wins on the board um, through their play than standing up and yelling at guys in the dressing room. Oh, absolutely. Well, and I, and I don't think that that, that, that caller is necessarily talking about like going having a fit, you know, or throwing equipment or just screaming in the dressing room. But I think it does beg the question, and, and you just touched on it, and what I said about complicating the game where is it where is it going to come from that when they're having an off night to that extent where does the energy get manufactured where does the realization come from we we just got to cross the red line and the two forwards who don't have the puck have to skate as fast as they can and the guy with the puck have to shoot it in because rob talks about that all the time your passes aren't working fire it in and go hit somebody and try to mess it up down low you have an astute coaching staff that hopefully brings that up. Right. You have guys who have played a long time in the league and they realize what they should do, but they just don't do it. They, now you're talking about two different things. The, the fact that the guys don't adjust their game is not unusual in the National Hockey League. In fact, it's, it's an epidemic in the National Hockey League when you consider and you look at the records of teams um, winning when they're, leading, when they're going into the third period with the lead. There, there's very few comebacks in the National Hockey League nowadays. Because teams don't adjust. They don't go simplify. Because the game's real different now that the defenseman can get back to the, the pucks real quick, move it out real quick. Sometimes they just punt. Some, the other times they just put it in the safe place. But that's, you're going to see that throughout the league. You're, you don't see a lot of teams decide, okay, we're going to change here and dump the puck in and go chip and chase or chip and charge, as Louie likes to say, and then go to the body. That's, they, just, they just don't do it because... That's a hard way to play it. If you're not built that way, you're not going to play that way for the majority of a game. You're not going to play that way sometimes for a third period. You can if you have the coach doing what the coach does, and Dave Tippett, I think, has been a genius at it this year, is being able to put the right guys on the right line and use the right line at the right time and sometimes mix it up and sometimes make those adjustments to get his team going. There are guys on the orders who can do that. There is Zach Cassian. There is Kyler Yamamoto, which is absolutely amazing to me that 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 guy can do what he does. Um, you, you see the third line can go. Shane can get in there. Uh, Nygaard good when he was playing and not injured. Um, um, who am I missing? Archibald. Uh, Archibald can play that way. There are guys who can play that way, and what you hope is those third and fourth line guys can go out there and produce that type of play, and then the top lines can go out with some momentum and grab that momentum or keep that momentum and eventually capitalize on it. Drew Remenda joining us tonight inside sports on 6:30. Chad, getting you ready for the Oilers and the uh, the Predators tomorrow night. Uh, Tippett, uh, you know, expressed uh, some. You know, and I said off the top of the show, I could not hear everything, but I heard some very select words. I heard brutal a couple <laughs> times. I heard five on five. I heard pucks to the net, and he actually kicked that collection of pucks that was at his feet, and then just went and stood by himself uh, along the boards. We haven't seen a lot from that from Tip. I mean, he's been a generally positive, optimistic guy. Um, but I, I think he sensed maybe that was needed at, at this juncture in the season. And you've been on staffs and been a coach uh, yourself where you've probably sensed something like that was needed. 
No, I've always been a very positive, silver, silver lining type of guy. I've never yelled at a team. <laughs> uh, I loved it today with Dave. Um, it, there comes a point in every coach's time with the team, when he takes over from a team, where he gets snippy and he gets mad and he gets frustrated. And I guess it's the Schattenfreude in me that enjoys that, watching that, that he did it with the team today and he got on them because he bailed them out after the Arizona game where he was very good about the way they played in Arizona and said, yeah, they were trying to try, but sometimes you just don't have it. And trying to try has become my new favorite term. And then the next game they go out and they, they gave you even less. And he didn't like the way that they turned the puck over. And that this team, without a doubt, when they manage the puck well, they're an outstanding team. When they don't, they're brutal. And, and Dave was basically saying that today. And Dave even got snippy with the media today, which was fantastic. Again, every coach goes through it where they're nice and they come in and they're polite and they answer all the questions and they let you ask your question, even though sometimes, you know, Reed, as as you know, we don't ask the smartest questions in the world from the media and the coaches are patient with us. Today, he was cutting guys off in in short sentences. It was perfect. And it's exactly the way that it's true emotion. It's real. And Dave was upset and and not happy with the way that they, they looked last night. And he wanted to send that message today. And I thought it was the perfect way to send the message and perfectly delivered. Yeah, he definitely, uh, I mean, he did get a little more explanatory as his availability went on, but at, at, at I first was I was like, oh, is this going to be uh, over in 50 seconds? So, <laughs> it was super. Yeah. All right, so back at it against the Predators tomorrow. I mean, this the, the I mean, and Rob and I said it last night, that, that we know fans are frustrated, but on another level, and, and I interviewed Alex Chase on about it today. We'll have that on the face-off show tomorrow. I also think, Drew, this is the type of thing where you have to embrace it you know like to me this is to to me this is you're going to the back nine of a golf tournament and you're one of 10 guys within two shots of the lead you know you'd love to be up by five but this is a heck of a lot better than having missed the cut friday afternoon so you like you might as well embrace the pressure like that's what i really hope i see from the oilers where they're just like yeah you know what it's going to be difficult and we love it let's let's go prove we can do it 100%. And you think about where we've been the last number of years in January as uh, as fans and as media to broadcast these games. Where have we been? At these times, it was like, they're out of it. They're not even close. They were out of it a a month ago. You know, so they're in it now. And this is the time that becomes fun. This is the time that becomes every game has meaning games. This is the time when you start looking at at scoreboards across the, the league. This is... This is great. This is what we what you want, and you hope that not only will they test their medal, but they'll become a playoff team. And this hard time, and it's not this isn't this isn't you know hard, real tough like oh how would they Saint Blake Saint Louis Blues ever get into the playoffs? This is now you're being in close games, meaningful games every single night so you try to you have to try to bring everything you can and if you don't have your a game your b game better produce something and when that happens and if that team this team can come together and be that type of team they'll be that much better in the playoffs drew is there a ufc tomorrow that you have to miss you're going to be able to watch no it's early it's it's, uh uh the toyota center and it'll be on after the game john jones fighting big john jones so the uh arguably the greatest fighter of all time in the UFC, even though he took juice and roids, he's still vicious. 
Love them. All right. All right, Drew, I love having you on the show, buddy. We'll do this again. Thank you for making time for me. All right, Reed. Talk to you later. Drew Amanda on Inside Sports this evening. Uh, good discussion. Uh, you know, it's it's... I love hearing from all of you guys, too, about the, the different opinions on what the team needs to do. You know, Dreisaitl and McDavid are not the problem on the team. Are, are they perfect? Absolutely not. Uh, for me, sure, sometimes I wish Leon wouldn't appear as visibly frustrated as he as he does on the ice. But again, maybe that's just him as a human being. It, it, maybe it'll change as he gets older. Maybe it won't, but you'd, you'd still you'd, you'll, you'll still take the upside, uh, you know, and, and I think live with some of the flaws. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can call or text. Quick timeout on Inside Sports. on line two. Go ahead, Goalie Doc. Oh, hi, Reed. Thanks for taking my call. Yep. Um, I called at the beginning of the year and uh, just asking about the goal, uh, the, the goalie percentage of uh, what you need to get into the playoffs. You quoted me 915. Can you tell me where we're at right now? Uh, just as an aside, I know it's a little bit different than what you guys have been talking about. But I just wondered. Thanks a lot. I'll take the oh. answer off call. Thank you. Yeah, it'd, uh, it'd be below 915, Goalie Doc. I have to add it up here very quickly. You know what, goalie doc? I will get it during the news break and give you the stat because I don't. Ha- I wasn't sure that was going to be your question, so my apologies. I will get the uh, team save percentage. The Oilers would be around. Uh, they would be around nine oh five, nine oh six, I believe. And I'll also get the league average for you because I because save percentages are down a little bit compared to other seasons, I believe. But we'll definitely find that out. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your Furnace Replacement Specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 780-4FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Uh, Koskinen's 909. Smith is 899. And they've played... Koskinen's played a little more. So that's why I said it's probably 905, 906. But I'll get that for you, Goalie Doc. And I'll get where the Oilers are as a team, and I'll get the league average. So that'll give you some context for sure. Drew Remenda is coming up. Raptors go, or we just had Drew on. Pardon me. Pete Weber is on the show. Excellent broadcaster, play-by-play for National Predators. And uh, the Raptors are up nine as they go after their 13th consecutive victory. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.